What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Green Camel Press is the presenting sponsor of A's for Alcoholic. Let's just get it out of the way. What is Green Camel Press? We do uh, artwork. I don't, uh, I don't know if you've been on the Instagram lately, but we just finished a uh, stop motion animation. We created yeah, our not... own. <laughs> we created our own lore. Our own. Uh, it was like a fable, I suppose. Um, so we do all kinds of cool artwork stuff. We're working on some different labels for people, and we sell T-shirts right now. And I just got some new greeting cards out to the printer, so I need to pick those up. Thank you for reminding me, John. Um, so we do all kinds of good stuff. Go to GreenCamelPress.com. Pick yourself up a nice, comfy apple green t-shirt with the logo and the uh, website on the back. It's super plush. You'll want to be in there comfy and nice, and it's just feels so good, and it's also great for the springtime, which I don't know how the weather is up where you're at, but we had a gorgeous day. Uh, uh, today was kind of 60. It's still garbage, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it was 60 snow's I melting <laughs> i didn't realize we went out to the park and i wore flip-flops because it was so sunny and warm and it was mushy all in the grass and i got mud foot and i had to like rinse it off in the fountain and i had my flip-flop like one end of the flip-flop on the fountain like uh-huh. pouring the water down over my foot <laughs> like just trying to <laughs> engineer like, this sort of waterfall to kind of wash off it sounds like you're drinking days honestly <laughs> right. just like washing off in a public fountain just yeah with mud foot which is the medical term <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. so it just it was too mushy out there man yeah. i didn't realize <laughs> i sunk right in um oh, but yeah so i wanted to um talk to you today about uh judgment j is for judgment yeah. And um well wait, we don't have anything else going on, right? We're all caught up on everything. We'll I be in Portland. So, yeah. We'll be in Portland next week, which is exciting. Next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to record a um we're going to record a live. I mean, I guess it, every, I guess every podcast is technically it's live, live when it's recorded, yeah. but, but we'll, we'll be, be in doing the same it, room. Yes, we'll be in the same room in Portland. We're going to see Mike Doty. Um he is one of us as well if you didn't know that already, but Mike Doty will be playing up there and uh, me and my girlfriend are going to go fly up and meet Jerry and his wife, and we're going to mm-hmm. go to a hotel and uh, maybe get some gluten-free uh, pizza. What right. Else? What do else we have do they separate do? room? We have separate rooms, right? Bunk beds. Bunk- All right. <laughs> yes, yes. I believe I booked separate rooms. I certainly hope Thanks. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you got. I think you got a queen or a king or something like that. Something nice. I got you something Just- nice. A cot in the in the closet in the janitor's closet. I'm down. Um, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to this next weekend. I'll I'll be sure to uh, leave my flip flops in California. 
Just wear them, dude. You'll be in Portland just jamming out. It'll be fucking oh, rad. Icy Mudfoot. No, thanks. Mudfoot. Icy Mudfoot. So I wanted nice. to talk about judgment. And judgment. there's a lot of different places it comes from and a lot of different places it goes. Um, you know, we talk about resentments a lot being the cause of drinking and, you know, judging other people. Uh, mm-hmm. I know in early sobriety... I was in in the very beginning. I was very judgmental of other alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Like that's not me. I don't know who you people are, but I'm not that. You know, and yep. and um, it was very difficult to kind of accept myself. And I think that a lot of the, I think a lot of the judgment came from within my own mind and my own heart about myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've heard somebody say, I heard it said that like what other people think of you is none of your business. And it certainly doesn't help you to, uh, to get worked up in what you think other people are thinking of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you about you there, you work with people and you, you socialize with people who drink, right? I mean, they're still all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And, um, I know that you guys are um, like when you the people you work with, they know. I mean, because you work so close quarters, you tend to know what these people are doing and you know about their lives. And there's a lot of there can be a lot of downtime where you talk and stuff like that. So when you got sober, that was like, I assume, came up as a topic yeah. of conversation. Oh man, I wouldn't stop talking about it. That's all I ever talked about. You wouldn't stop recovery. talking about it. Oh man, I didn't shut up about my recovery <laughs> for like the first 18 months, man. Maybe the first two years. I was I would shoehorn it in every conversation with tattoo clients. I'd be like, I don't know if you know this, by the way, but I've been sober for a month, you know, like, yeah. And did you find but, that people cared or they didn't care? No, or? I mean, some people would be like, good for you. You know, it, it, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Way, you know, way to be doing what you're supposed to be doing buddy you know but uh nah i mean some people i think other people in recovery were you know they were excited for me or they would be like genuinely congratulatory but just on general i don't know it's a weird thing to throw out there right you're like i'm doing some fucking lettering on some 18 year old Mackenzie's ribs and i'm like by the way did you hear (laughs) i'm sober now and she's like i don't even know you you're like a weird uncle like what's your fucking deal Mm -hmm. you know but as far as uh, me judging the people around me, yeah, I did it hard in, in the beginning. More so, actually. You know, I did it a lot in drinking, but I did it a lot in reco- early recovery. I judged a lot of other drunks. Yeah. Yeah. I really did, yeah. Did you find Did you find any... Um, I mean, what was, like, the turning point? At what point do you say, I'm... I? How do you go from hating... Not hating, but judging people to to there but for the grace of god go i i mean it's it is it, it um yeah it was i don't know it wasn't like a switch that flipped or anything mm-hmm. it just like i think it just slowly happened i just became more accepting of it because i was like these people are gonna do what they they're gonna do and actually over the past couple of years a lot of the people that were heavy drinkers uh, you know other drunks and stuff they they stopped either working at the shop or they kind of, mm. you know, mellowed out themselves or sobered up themselves or, and then the ones that still do drink, I just kind of, I mean, I guess there's a little bit deep inside of that tiny bit of resentment, but it's not like this overwhelming thing anymore. It's just, it just slowly met them. All my changes have been slow metamorphosis. <laughs> I never had like an aha 
oh, that's what it is. You know what I mean? It was always a slow thing where every day with exposure to it and confronting it on my own, it, I just slowly learned to accept it. Kind of like dry ice, like the sublimation, like it goes from, yeah, it just kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It just eventually stops smoking, you mm-hmm. know, like, or, or, or fogging or whatever. Yeah. Vaping, doing vape clouds. I don't know what dry mm. ice does. But yeah. um, but did you find you talked about people who were heavy drinkers? Did you ever catch any sort of judgment from people about getting sober? Yeah, from people who yeah. still drank. I caught judgment from people who did not drink for getting sober with coworkers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that first like eighteen months to two years, I was a fucking nightmare, man. Emotionally, like I was all over the place. Everything was very reactionary because I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out who I was and what I'm doing and just trying to cope with everyday life without my mechanism of coping. So things that were tiny would, would, uh, an, a, a tiny reaction would be appropriate or maybe even just, a, a an acknowledgement and passing to me were these giant blowouts. So, I mean, I remember one guy I worked with, I would just fought with him because we both had very, uh, conflicting ways of looking at life. So we would argue a lot. And so I'd push back on him and then I'd get really fucking pissed and like yell at him. And I mean, multiple times he was just like, man, you fucking suck. I wish you'd start drinking again. You know, or he'd be like, Mm. I'm going to buy you a fifth of whiskey for your fucking birthday. So you stop bitching so much, you know, and that would like hurt my feelings really bad. But then in hindsight now in reflection, I realized like, yeah, I fucking sucked. I was super hard to be around. Like, Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like it was not like fucking rainbows and my little ponies and shit mm-hmm. so i caught a lot of judgment from them but i think it was more reactionary on their part now there were people who would do the thing where they say hey if you ever start drinking again hit me up i'll get i'll get loaded with you <laughs> and back then i'd be like thanks cool you know but in my mind i'm like man you don't want to see that we're not gonna have fun like i'm gonna be turning to this shit because i've either convinced myself that it's gonna work and i'm gonna go right back to where i was before or i'm gonna be super fucking bummed and trying to cope with something that i couldn't handle you know like it's gonna be a bummer we're not gonna be sitting there shotgun and beers laughing like yeah 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 uh, i i there's been there were a couple of people when i first started getting sober when i first got sober mm -hmm. early on and somebody was like so it just feels like you know you went dark on me or something like that i think was the phrase and i said no Uh man i i I mean i kind of felt like it was the other way around but you know, you right. can you can kind of understand that sort of that feeling of like, I haven't seen you in forever. And, you know, we used to drink a lot and then I see mm-hmm. you and now we can't go get a drink together. Like, you know, I think I right. feel like I think it felt like betrayal to that person in a way. Oh, like, yeah, I bet it did. Yeah. Especially if the whole focus of your friendship or relationship mm-hmm. or whatever was the base, the foundation of that was built on getting loaded together, getting drunk together. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think the whole focus, but yeah, there was definitely like, it was, mm-hmm. it was all the time. That's where we met. That's what we did. Right. That's how we, we interacted. It was, you know, it was a part of every single right. social thing right. that we did. And, um, you know, like really, so just never, ever again, like just completely <laughs> unconvinced. Never? And I, yeah. And you know, we, there's always that sort of little snide say, you know, we, we always talk about as alcoholics, like, well, I don't know. I mean, just for today, maybe yeah. tomorrow's the day, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but it was like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think ever, ever again, I don't have any. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of tough to, you know, I think you find who your friends are and who they aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think like when I was, I was still drinking for a year after you got sober. I don't imagine yeah. you, 
I don't know how you felt about me when I'd call you up at two in the morning drunk other than I worried <laughs> about you more than anything else yeah. I was just worried yeah but I figured John I was to be honest with you I was like John's gonna do what John does but also I was pretty selfish like I was like I gotta take care of myself right now and John will figure out his shit on his own it's not my job to fix John no I can worry about him and be concerned but like I need to worry about my ass because mm-hmm. you know I'm basically doing what I'm I'm doing the opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing as an alcoholic like I'm supposed to be drinking that's what that's what my body and brain want me to do all the time mm-hmm. and in the early at the early part of that I was like I need to focus on not doing exactly what my brain is telling me to do all the time mm. so you'd call me up and be like woohoo but usually you were kind of sad yeah you, it would start with woohoo and then turn into sad shit you know and i still smoked cigarettes back then so i'd sit in the garage and smoke and like talk to you and you're like oh, i don't know i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it and i'm like well you do what you got to do i mean your life might get better if you do but if you don't like you can still call me just know that i'm gonna hang up on you eventually <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you go in the loop but we all went in the loop. I went in the loop, you know. So you, I don't know, man. It was actually you drinking while I was sober was pretty helpful. <laughs> really? Not in a, no, and not in a cautionary tale kind of way, but in a reminder kind of way of like, it taught me some tolerance because I was never really like upset or pissed off at you about it. I was just like, yeah, I've, I had to learn how to be empathetic instead of being self-centered. So I was like, I've been where he's at. Like, I know that cycle. I know mm-hmm. it. Like, I, I know that circle so well that he's going through some shit right now, you know? Yeah. And then here we are doing a and here we are. podcast. I can't, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still, I, I remember those days and I was sitting in the same exact room and just feeling mm-hmm. really sorry for myself and really like, so wanting to really, you know, that idea of wanting to find a way out and not mm-hmm. knowing how to find a way out. Right. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to read you something too, uh, but it was just so it was so difficult, and so I would call you up, and yeah, I think that most of what my um, most of what I was saying was like, "Oh man, it sounds so good," or maybe I should try something, maybe I should, oh mm. maybe one day, or that kind of thing. And um, I wanted to read something. This is this is a message on Facebook that I um, I went back and forth <laughs> with your father. Uh huh. Oh, my old um, man. Huh? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and so this is like, what is this, in 2011? Um, <clears throat> so this is long before, God, I asked him in 2011, thinking about a meeting this week. I think I wouldn't be alone if I had thought about it a long ago. I'm sure you have enough hanging on your head, but wouldn't mind a thought. Um, it's fine to tell your son, my best friend. I contacted you, just don't want anyone to care about the weirdness. I hope there's none. And just thanks for my request. And he, he goes on to, you know, give me some advice. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, I hope you're okay. Just know there's nothing weird about your request. You can write or call. He was very open. You know, if you have any questions, happy to answer. Um, and so I guess my thing is like, there was all this judgment in my own head, you yeah. know, about myself. Like I, you yes. get so stuck in there. I, I and this is, this is great. Um, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I have I'm just I'm reading this message I sent to your dad. Yeah. I've just been thinking about being a quote unquote functioning drunk is not enough. I imagine <laughs> the yeah. stories um, are much worse than anything I have been through. You you always say to yourself I'll stop when when it stops being fun. But when you but when you do it it does. Well, I can't even read it. It's so sloppy. And you don't. 
it just brings up questions about what you are doing to make yourself happy besides getting a hangover is a is a pathetic pathetic daily achievement i guess i just want to start being the person everyone thinks that i am and that is the hardest part i might give you a call tomorrow thanks for, thanks so much for listening now two things about that one here I, th- this idea of i want to be the person everybody thinks i am thinks i am yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so what yeah. everybody thinks I am, there's probably they probably think I'm two different people, right? Because I'm one person when I'm sober, and they're like, oh, John's a really nice guy, or he's a really sweet right. guy, he's a really smart guy, and he's got a lot of potential. But God, when he fucking drinks, he turns into this obnoxious asshole, mm-hmm. you know, who's fun for like a little while. Right. And, and so this idea of what everybody thinks I am, and so I have this, I'm creating this notion of who I want to be through other people's eyes, and it's just fucking so many layers of of who who am I and what am I trying yeah. to do and yeah. and it's just like this this I don't know it's, it's it's a lot of layers of of trying to break down who I want to be who I think people think I am and who cares what people think I am I mean I care what you know my girlfriend thinks I am or I, I care what right. my mom right. thinks I am I care what my friends people I love I care right. who, who what they think about me. But um, that's not judgment. But I'm so constantly judging myself, and I think that right. even before we start drinking, we're 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 almost taught to judge ourselves through. Right. What's the one thing we always hear uh, about alcoholics? They don't fit in. I didn't yeah. feel like I fit Very in. Very common. Right? Very common. That I hear that a lot. Yeah. So whether you got you know I don't know you were. You were picked on as a kid, and so... Hell yeah. I made a sport out of it. They should have gave me a varsity jacket. So, you know, you get picked on as a kid. You know, you're you're having all these tough times, and you find something that makes you feel good. You find this thing that makes you feel good. and But those mm-hmm. all those bad feelings, they only go away temporarily, right? This is just a... Right. It's a, it's a momentary reprieve, and then next thing you know, now you not only hate yourself, but you feel like shit. And it's all yeah. your fault. So you hate uh, yourself even more. Yeah. It's like taking an aspirin for an infection. The pain of the infection goes away, but the, the shit still festers, you know, like you're just ignoring it. Like, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, this will temporarily alleviate a symptom and not fix the cause, you know? So what, when do you begin to start, you know, uh, trying to, to fix the self-loathing and the self-judgment, which I think is probably the most damaging thing. Um, right well is... sober up first yes yes, <laughs> yes yeah. and then from there there's nothing else teach yourself how to cope and then you know definitely therapy is helpful mm-hmm. and i don't think there's anything you can do you, you know like you said you can't do anything for anybody else unless like you couldn't do anything right. for me until i was right. ready to quit drinking like i can right. help i can help you well, the only thing really... you have to do is you got to quit yeah. drinking I distinctly remember you asking me, am I an alcoholic? Am I an alcoholic? I mm-hmm. remember you asking me this multiple times one night. It was like you were really drunk one night and you're like, am I an alcoholic? And I was like, John, that's not for me to answer. That's for you to answer. And you're like, I'm sick of this fucking, you know, like 12 step fucking Jedi shit. You're trying to pull a Jedi mind mm-hmm. trick on me. And I'm like, no, dude. You know what? Like in my brain, I'm like, yeah, you're a fucking alcoholic. You're my best friend. Of course you're an alcoholic. I love other alcoholics, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. not for me to like, it's not like putting a sorting hat on you and your house fucking drunkard. You know what I mean? Like you were just, Mm -hmm. you just, you needed to, because I can tell you that, but then all that does is 
really honestly cause a resentment because now you're feeling judged. There's a judgment there. Yeah. You're like, oh, so I asked you, but now you're going to fucking give me the answer that I want to hear and don't want to hear. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah, it was a, it was precarious. And then, you know, I wanted to bring something else up about judgment, which is funny that in that uh, message, that DM you sent to my dad was, you said, I'm sure you've heard a lot worse than what's going on with me. And we, as in early sobriety, I think some people really feel like, well, I must not have a problem. My problem's not bad enough because I didn't run somebody over or end up in jail or mm-hmm. end up beating someone. Or Do you know what I mean? Like, is it's almost like a, a qualifier. Like, once I get to this point, then I can fucking get my shit together or then I can start being happy. But until that point, until it gets horrible, horrible, I haven't met all the criteria for becoming a rock bottom alcoholic, you know? And, and that's a judgment in of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this. Um, do you ever listen to the Annie Grace podcast? You listen. You turn me on every to that. once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So there's this. If anybody's listening uh, that is interested in some other stuff, Annie Grace is. Um, she's an author among other things, but she's got a podcast called This Naked Mind. Yeah, it's good. And I just listened to this recent episode, and they're great because they're like ten or fifteen minutes long, and um, yeah, they're real short. Yeah, and she's she's very. She's very good, concise, and has a lot of good info. But she, the one was talking about daily drinking versus binge drinking and how a daily drinker will judge a binge drinker. Yeah. You know, and the binge drinker will say, well, I don't drink every day. I only, I only drink 17 drinks on the weekends, you know? Right. And then, you know, the binge, and then the daily drinker says, well, sure, I drink every day, but I don't overdo it. Now, that may be the case, but. When you're drinking, at some point you lose, and this is that I'm using the word differently, but you lose judgment of of what you think is too much and how your behavior changes. And we just don't, Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't always get to keep control of those things. And so we talk about hitting a rock bottom and then, you know, comparing ourselves. It's, there's so many different kinds of alcoholics. At least I've met, I've met multiple different kinds of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you listen to somebody who didn't have a problem most of their life and then something happened and now they're like, you know, 60 years old and they, yeah. they didn't even start drinking heavily until they were in their fifties or something like that. Right. And so, right. Like it's so different. And, and that's why I always too, it's very, very unique to each and every person. Um, well, cause it's a mental illness, right? So every, yeah. every, every mental illness has a symptom and a signifier or a qualifier of what it is, but it's all, they're all, it's all a spectrum. Everybody's mm-hmm. a little different in their mental illness. You know, we all have, you know, like you line up 10 people with like, uh, I guess Tourette's, I don't know if that's neurological or mental, but I'll use that as an example. You line up 10 people with Tourette's, all their ticks are different. Mm-hmm. They may be similar in some ways, but they're all very different because it's all individualized, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're all different and the same. <laughs> well, I, I, but but you know? the, the, regardless of what the differences are, the, right. the only, the only way that I know that I know to how to help somebody mm-hmm. is if they decide to quit drinking, I can't right. stop them. I can't make them. I can't, I can't fix them. I can't, I can't do anything for them until they, that's the one thing that they have to do before I'm able Word. to help anybody. And exactly. I, I think that's that's fairly universal. Um, yes. Now there's there there are there are obviously when people are in in pain in medical need. Like I've heard of you know guys taking guys to meetings and like putting beer in their system because they're so addicted to alcohol. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've heard about that shit too. Yeah, I've never experienced it, but um, where no, it's like you need to have. A, I've you, heard stories from my dad though. 
you need to have a couple of beers. Get this guy a couple of beers so we can get him through a meeting so that he doesn't fucking die. Die. So my dad is like old school 12 step, right? Mm-hmm. Like his, his, the dude who like, you know, helped him out is old school, old school 12 step. And, uh, they would, um, go on their uh, calls and pick people up and drive them to rehab. And, uh, my dad tells this great story about him and his, the dude who, you know, sponsors him or whatever, um, driving a guy to rehab the first time my dad went with them and, and they, the, the, his sponsors ask the guy in the back, what do you drink, man? And the guy says, oh, I drink tequila. And so he goes, okay, cool. And they stop at the Safeway and he buys him a pint of tequila and gives it to the guy in the back. And the guy drinks it and they drive him to rehab and they drop him off. And then on the way back, my dad's like, why'd you do that? Like, we're not supposed to, we're, we're fucking 12 steppers. Like we shouldn't be doing that, you know? And the guy told, you know, his sponsor looked at him and said, hey man, have you ever seen a guy try to get out of a car at 60 miles an hour? Cause that's what they'll fucking do. You know what I mean? Because he's had it happen. Like a Jesus. dude open up a car on the highway because the finality of it also mm-hmm. on top of the physical aspect of withdrawal. And then you add finality. This is it. I've made the promise and I am done. Like I have to throw my security blanket in the ocean. Fuck, you know, like they fucking jet, you know? So if you give them a little bit of something to like ease them into it, which I'm not going to suggest doing. It's just a story I heard, you know, mm-hmm. in regards to what we're talking about. You know, sometimes you got to do that. Some Well, and you know, people who go into, um, they fill them full of fucking um, tranquilizers. Like mm-hmm. when you go into the hospital and you're, DT, you know, you're DTing and withdrawing and you're having seizures and shit, you know, like they'll give you fucking Xanax or barbiturates, you know, yeah. to keep you from dying. Yeah, literally. That's crazy balls, man. See, and that's not my bottom, but no. that could be. I have the potential for that. Like, yeah. I have all the potential for that. You know what I mean? But I, I, it's so funny. Like, like you say, we determine. You have to determine internally, like, when, when your time, when you're, when you just, you're done suffering. Really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't. That also doesn't mean that there isn't still. work to be done i know that it's like yeah when i think about myself today and i think about myself three plus years ago like yeah there was still the the, like the 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 first like two years were this haul it felt like in doing these things and i still i know that I still have other stuff that I need to work on and things I need oh, to yeah. do and like things I need to write <laughs> down and people I yeah, need to talk do. to. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. it's like, but it's such a, it's, it's like, okay, so now I've reached this level. So if it's like, basically I've, if I hit my bottom and wherever that was, maybe it's not as deep as some other people's. And so, and sometimes people who go real deep are able to spring right back up, you know, yes. even, even higher. And I think that there's, I think there's a certain level of like reaction to that. Like when I, when I listen to people who have like, like hit some serious rock bottoms with, you know, prison time or, um, you know, medical issues or whatever, who gotten Mm -hmm. very, very sick and almost killed themselves. They tend to, uh, and not always, but I've heard stories where people come right back around quicker than people who are kind of like, uh, well, yeah, it was pretty bad. And then I just stopped and then I was miserable and I'm still kind of miserable. And cause it wasn't when you're not personally invested, I think it's a lot harder to change or when you feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is fine for now. Yeah. You know, so trying to find that space of like, okay, I'm, I'm not, by any means my, I'm not fixed. Right. So, but I still, no. and I still have plenty of stuff that I need to work on, but right. 
my bottom was my bottom and that's that's the most important thing it doesn't matter who else did what right right um, yeah and i'm at a point where i don't judge you for your bottom <laughs> <laughs> no i really don't like i that's the one thing i don't look around a room and go oh that guy didn't fall hard enough and i don't think many of us do if any of no. us because we're just glad you're around you know even if it's not in a room like i just meet another person who is say getting recovered or getting sober or dealing with mm-hmm. their recovery without using a program i don't judge them anymore no. I, I don't know if i judged them before though either i just felt more concerned like whoa wait you're doing it differently than i am i hope it works like it was more concerned like you know you're you, i don't know i felt like i needed a group because the pitfalls i felt like were so numerous that if i could stay within the middle of a herd for a little while i could <laughs> mm-hmm. navigate them you know and sometimes i get way out on the fringes and it'll get a little scary like not as much as it used to and i get back in the herd again but but i used to look at people who are like yeah i've been sober for 10 years and i don't do any of that 12-step shit and i would like even then i would be like huh i worry about you you know <laughs> internally i never tell anybody this out loud and these are all like my deep secret internal thoughts you know like but I have to, you know, that's judgment in itself. I need to realize that, like like you said, we're all different. We all hit our different bottoms. We all have our different cycles and, you know, yeah, our different ways of doing it. You know, one, you know, one thing th- in common. Mm-hmm. You know? We do have yeah. one thing in common. That fire, that, we, that we gotta, fire inside us that needs to be put out with liquor. With liquor. Know? And when we don't have yeah. liquor, we got to find other ways to, to put it out. And yeah, there's also like when we talk, I want to uh, two things. I want to, okay. I don't know if I brought up the very first time I ever went to a meeting, went to a 12 step uh-huh. meeting. Um, You've told me about I th- it. Have I told you, I don't know up. if I've told this. Uh, so this wasn't even near the end. This was still like a year plus away from yeah. me getting sober, but I would call one. I would call the 800 numbers and yeah. I would talk to people. I would just talk I to strangers. Yeah. And I would be drunk and I would have these conversations. <laughs> and just because I wanted to talk to somebody and mm-hmm. I didn't know like what to do. And I obvi- yeah. obviously somewhere inside of me, I wanted to fix this problem. You're reaching out. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly didn't have to. I could have, you know, done other things. And I thought about other things to make thing to make the suffering stop. But so I remember one morning I'd been up drinking. I'd been up by myself drinking until like dawn. So yeah. I find a meeting that's down the road, not too, well, it's far enough that I would need to drive, but obviously I can't drive. I'm right. too, I'm too drunk and it's eight o'clock in the morning and I've been drinking yeah. everything. So I call a cab and I say, take me to this place. And I give the cabbie money and I say, just wait here for one hour. Yeah. And I don't really remember the meeting except for sitting in there hating everyone in there thinking yeah. what the fuck are you people doing i don't belong here and yeah. i didn't belong there in that state of mind <laughs> you know i wasn't ready obviously right. mm-hmm. but i had huge amounts of judgment for the people for the place for everything and most of that was reserved that should have been reserved for myself mm. you know um yeah. for I mean, most of it was, and that's all it is. When we're out there judging other people, we're just really seeing the flaws. When I'm judging other people, I see the flaws that I don't like in myself. Yes. And the, oh, the mirror, the old you know, the mirror. mirror. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. all, they're, they are, they are often the flaws that I either don't see. So I'm, it's in my blind spot or I am choosing to live with rather than change. Yeah. So, 
um, that was a hell of a morning. So I sat there through the whole meeting. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember because I, again, I was extraordinarily inebriated. Cab waiting out for And I had a cab time. waiting because I was like, I will <laughs> this not. This guy's be- like, I'm eating at Carl's Jr. today. I'm going to the good fast food restaurant. <laughs> and so it was it was it was intense, man. And that was my first yeah. one. And and uh I don't I don't know. I didn't get anything out of it, but it was like except a lot of resentment and judgment. Right. Yeah. Um and it took me a while and, and I still had those similar feelings when I started to go back and I actually was taking sobriety seriously, but nowhere near the hate <laughs> that I felt, you know, cause right. I had felt finally broken. I'd felt like I had to fix something that, you know, and I think also knowing that you had, you had done it as well was kind of like, okay. So, I mean, if my drunk ass friend Jerry can do it, right. <laughs> I can certainly do it, which, right. which in and of itself implies some sort of judgment that you're of weaker oh, yeah. character than I am. Right. Right. But yeah. you're the one who got sober yeah. first. So I'm sitting right. here judging you about what you have done. And if he can do it, I can do it. But that was a useful judgment though. That yes, was it was. Judgment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about in, in using the word uh, judgment is, in more of like the stigma that comes with it of being an alcoholic. Now, it's a little bit more, um, I mean, you can go on Instagram and recovery, long-term yeah. recovery from alcohol. I feel alcohol. like it's loosened up quite a bit, actually. It's loosened stigma. up so much. Um, and I don't think, I think people are a lot happier, a lot more excited. I think that, you know, but looking at those things, like if I had seen, you know, Instagram recovery, Four years ago, I would have been like, who are these fucking assholes? And How why is do this I... funny? I might have laughed at some of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Some of those memes are funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of the memes are, but even the people who are trying to get excited and to share things with people yeah. and talk about it, and it's like, um, I wouldn't trust any of them. I guess that's the best way nah, to put it. I think they were full of shit. Full of shit. Honestly. Untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell me something. Which is all those emotions you had sitting in that room. Exactly. You're like, These people are full of shit. They're all fucking brainwashed cult people and I don't mm-hmm. trust them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel for me that when I came to, and now that I look at it, I'm like, I'm so glad, man. And like, I don't care if somebody's trying to sell some recovery t-shirts or doing whatever they're doing, you know, like right. good for them. Like awesome. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep doing it. I'm super happy. I love your memes. Give me some inspirational quotes. Put a little right. backdrop of a sunset, man. I think it's awesome. Like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that today. Thanks for making me think about that. So I'm all right. for it. Um, one of the things I think is important for the person who's still you know, suffering, for the person who's still drinking, for the person who wants to quit, when I think about that person that I was, um, you know, one of the one of the programs stresses anonymity a lot. And, you know, you and I are sitting here on a podcast yeah, <laughs> talking about know, a bunch right? of stuff. Blowing the fucking spot up. Yeah. Blowing the spot up. But I think is widely, I think it's still important because I feel like a lot of that just comes from within us. It does for me. I was mm. just, I was ashamed of myself. So I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. I didn't want my boss to know, or I didn't want the world to know, and I didn't want to share it. And it was, which is funny because I was so open about my drinking. Yes. Yeah, you were, which is, yeah, therein lies the fucking contradiction. But the, but the moment I'm going to try and take some kind of some steps to control my life or to at least to better myself, 
uh-huh. I'm now what I'm, I'm ashamed. <laughs> so it is that thing. So I think that like that level of, you know, anonymity is pretty important in those beginning times. Nowadays yeah. I hear all kinds of people like, yep, Everybody knew I was an alcoholic except me, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fucking yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you didn't long before. I mean, I'm sure that you, we all used to go wear it as a badge of courage and honor. And Well, yeah, I'd be like, I'm not an alcoholic. Alcoholics go to meetings or, 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 or I'm not a quitter, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Oh, there's a bunch of quitters in that room. I never gave up, you know. All those jokes. I, anonymity to me wasn't important in the beginning. I mean, as far as people around Maybe me, not. Yeah. I, I knew the rules. I knew I don't say these people's names. I don't. If I see them out in the wild, I don't fucking blow their spot up. But for me personally, I like, I'd wear it on a t-shirt if I wouldn't get in trouble for it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm in fucking this group and I do this. and Yeah, because I was so fucking proud of myself. And I was, like you, I was an out loud drunk. But... The difference was in my place of employment, I didn't have to keep it a secret because I usually drank with my boss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I would drink drink all the time. The people around me knew what I was made of. The people who were married to me were new. The person who was married to me, the people who were related to me, they all know what I'm made of. You know, they know they've been there. They've all, you know, I think back on a lot of the shit I did drunk, like a lot of the shit I did drunk around them, you know, and there was no secret, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ah, I'm a fucking dumpster fire. Check me out. And now I'm like, ah, put the fire out. I'm gonna let everybody know, you know? So for me, it wasn't, but I can, I, but I respect and try to constantly regard the importance of it for other people. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I just, uh, I just know that because I was unsure. And I think that for me, it was like, well, if this doesn't fucking work, I don't want to be out there telling people that I'm doing something and then I find out that I can't fucking do it and I failed. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm a piece that I'm a I'm an actual piece of shit anyway. And right. all this kind of stuff. And that's not true either. You know, yeah. even if I had if I had if I had relapsed after three weeks, psh, I, that's completely understandable to me now. I'd be like, like yeah, said, of course. You're- you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. You're doing what you, I mean, I heard somebody say that today and it just rung like a bell. I was like, right. We're all sitting here doing the opposite of what we're, our body is telling us to do. You know, mm-hmm. and because even after a while, you know, physically your body's not saying it, but your brain is like, hey, buddy, what's up? Mm-hmm. You know, like looking pretty lonely there, you know, like so that I keep mentioning that, but it just resonated with me, you know. So yeah. you, if you relapse, if I relapse, I had plans. I planned it, dude. They left, you know, like my wife and daughter left and I was here alone in Eugene and we had this new house we were renting and there was no furniture here. And I had planned, I was like, dude, Friday night, I'm getting out of work. I had been sober like maybe six months. I was not even July. I was like four months sober. I was like, they're gone. I'm going to go hit that liquor store on 29th Willamette right down the block. I'm going to walk up to the house and I'm just going to get fucking housed all by myself in that house and no one will ever know. No one will ever know. And I didn't do it. I didn't go through. I was like, you know what? Maybe tomorrow. And then I'd wake up next day and be like, ah, today's the day. And then by the end of the day, I'd be like, nah, you know what? Tomorrow, you know, and then I'd go and sleep, fall asleep at the place I was staying at that period of time. But I mean, I had plans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was like, we're going to fucking do this. But can you imagine me alone in this house all by myself with a bottle of Evan Williams listening to like my I, my iPhone with no speaker or nothing, just 
crying. So it's like, not funny. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, no, it's it just, is, but I can't. It's funny I can imagine fuck, it. Yes. It's hilarious because at mm. some point I would have called Megan and been like, I fucking did it again. You know, like after walking up to some bar down the block and, mm-hmm. ah, man, what a mess. That, I just, how ridiculous, the thought of that now is fucking ridiculous to me. Saturday I'm like, you fucking stink. And you're Dude. all Dude, hanging no. alone. Sad be this. Nine o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that would Captain be me. Jack, just, but yeah, oh, just... I know, it'd be either one, you know, like. Uh. So, so it's what, it's, I don't know. We shouldn't judge ourselves for what we are. And if, if we fall down, just dust your ass off and get back up again. It's all right. Something, it. You don't learn how to ride a horse the first time you get on it. And if you no. do, congratulations, you're awesome. But, you know. Yeah, I I find I find myself in, you know, even in judgment about things. And again, it's it's most of it is all the judgment that I, I put on myself. I impose upon myself when yes, when I don't absolutely. when I don't um when I don't do enough in the day or if I don't get up early enough and I don't do certain things. And I'm always like and then I sit there and lament the fact that, oh, it's gosh, it's, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, John, you just wasted the whole morning. And what did you, what do you have to show for it? And what do yeah. you, who the fuck, you know, who the fuck you think you're going to be if you don't get your shit together, John? And it's like, it's okay. Well, it's two o'clock. So you still got time, right? Okay. So yeah. maybe let's see what you can do with the afternoon. Like if you, and so that's just like last week, <laughs> you know, that's, I still have those feelings of like, yes, yes. when I, when maybe I was kind of had a lazier day than I had anticipated or there were things on the list that I just didn't want to do because I had the day off and mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So it's just a lot of that beating myself up for, for just being a human being and for being, yes. being a human being who has this unfortunate affliction, who still deals with other issues, you know, that has been dealing with other issues. Kid yeah. is from uh, being a kid, bit childhood trauma, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it doesn't go away overnight. It, it doesn't go yeah. away over, you know, three years of sobriety. So it's, I think, one of the other, um, what is the saying? Easy does it. Easy does it. The most important thing is, like, don't drink today, and everything else is going to be fine. It's been, a, it's been fine up to this point. I always tell myself, right. like, I haven't let myself fail thus far. Not so yeah. badly that I couldn't come back from it. So... With all of this under my belt, sobriety and understanding of myself and and working on myself and wanting to be better, like what makes me think that because I spent the morning in bed on Instagram, right, that it's going to be that it should ruin the entire day and that that's that's all yeah. that I'm worth. Well, fuck that. Must scrap this just to scrap this fucking day. <laughs> right? I had a horrible Saturday. Yeah. And I tried to like salvage it. Mm hmm. I think the middle part, the beginning and end part of my Saturday were just shit. You what know? happened? But then, oh, I just, I I was like leaving the house and I had to be at work early at 11 because I needed to help uh, the owner uh, interview somebody mm-hmm. um, for a volunteer position. And um, I, I got out of the shower and I was like told my wife at like 10, 15, I was like, will you braid my hair? You know, will you put these two, because mm-hmm. she's been braiding my hair and it looks, it looks cool, man. I'm hitting mm-hmm. my mid 40s. I got to do something, you know? <laughs> So it takes her for fucking ever, and she just does one half in like 30 minutes. And I'm like, yo, dude, that's half done, and I need to be out at the door right now. So she rushed and did the other half, and I go into the bathroom to look at it to like, you know, smooth it all out. And it's all fucked up because she tried to do something new and different, and put them, I just got a haircut, and she put them up higher. 
And I just like stressed because I was like, dude, I got to take all this shit out now. But I was trying to be grateful to her because I was like, look, mm-hmm. you took time out of your studying to like hook me up. And I appreciate that. You just did a bad job. But I didn't tell her she did a bad job. I just thought that. But I was being appreciative, but pissed off too because I was like, fuck, I'm late. You know, I'm super fucking late. I'm going to be late. I wanted to, I had plans. I wanted to control this situation. It has gone out of my control now and I want to be upset about it. You know, so I right. flew off to work. I made it there like barely on time. And then at the end of the night, and then the fob, the battery on my fucking smart key died on my fob. Oh no. So, so I couldn't get into the car. Um, but then I called my wife. I'm like, the battery's dead. I can't get in the car. And she's like, oh no, there's a mechanical key. If you push a button, a key slides out of the fob. <laughs> so I'm like, bam, got it. Get in the car, unlock the car, get in the car. It won't turn over. This like light is turning mm-hmm. on the car telling me there's a security issue. Turns out the battery died. So even though you have the key, the auxiliary key, it still needs a little bit of juice in the battery. <clears throat> Pardon me. In the <laughs> that that's nice. In the battery for it to turn over. So, which is stupid. It's totally unreasonable. It's like why wouldn't a fucking auxiliary key work? You know what I mean? It's a mechanical key. Right. Anyway, she had to send over her friend's boyfriend to come change the battery out for me, and I'm sitting there in the parking garage after working all day. So it was just like garbage it bookended with garbage but during the day at work was fine i had a great day i fucked around my you know my co my colleagues we'd laugh we joke and then after i got the car back and had my little second meltdown in the car because the car wouldn't start and i was stuck in this sketchy ass parking garage in downtown eugene as soon as i got home i let the dog out ate dinner and then went and to go get my wife and hang out with her and my daughter because they were over at a friend's house and had a great time hanging out with people being social because i'm never social so i'm like i'm gonna Mm -hmm. go over and be social you know so i I don't know, man. It's just the ability to try to salvage something out of shit. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, but I made a shit. Because I could have just been like, yeah, I'm going to be fucking late. I was trying to look fly, and it didn't work. So You know, or luck. or you could have not looked quite as fly. That's too hard for me, dude. I got to look fly all the time, though. <laughs> or perhaps next time you could, <laughs> you could give your wife a few more minutes in the morning. I need like... to start earlier. It was my, And I knew that. On yeah, the like, drive look... there, I was pissed, but I was like, this is my mistake. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I hit her up like at a, with a short window of time, and she needs more time than that. You know, Because she's going to do a good job. A favor. Yeah, because yeah. she wants you to look fly, too. Yeah, exactly. And she was trying a new thing. Yeah. So now I just end up slicking it back. I walked around all day looking like Paul Mitchell. You know, the hairdresser? Like, yeah, it's got this Paul Mitchell going on right now. So he kind of does you know. look like Paul Mitchell, guys. I honestly, yeah. I could, I can, yeah. I could see it. Like, you could do handsomer, though, with less of the booze nose. I don't know if Paul Mitchell's a drinker, but he got a nose on him, though. He's got, yeah, I feel like his hair is a little more brown, but like still salt and pepper, slick back. Salt and pepper. Yeah, salt and pepper's here. You could, if you look up Paul Mitchell, go YouTube some Paul Mitchell uh, uh, commercials. Yeah. But you'll, yeah. you'll see me, less tattoos. Um, you know, one thing, one thing to like, so judgment comes from all these different places internally, externally. Um, one thing I have found to, to be true is that now three plus years, like three and a half years sober, the, the turnaround time is quicker. So like when I feel a judgment coming towards somebody, yeah. It comes, it kind of just, it dissipates quicker. It's that sort of that, that like, instead of, um, I don't know, it just, the, the turnaround time is quicker. Or when I start right. to get angry at myself about something, when I'm like, God, John, you piece of shit, you can't get the, what, what is, and I go, hold on, I don't know who that is talking. We're going to stop yeah. that and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to reassess the situation because 
99% of the time, it's really not that bad, right? right. <laughs> it's, it's it's the pause. You're getting that pause. That's what mm. I hear about all the time. You get like What's somebody that? was saying you get a second of pause before you react for every year sober. You like apparently earn this. I don't know. This is not a medical fact. This is just wives' tales spread <laughs> mm-hmm. around the recovery community that I've heard a lot. It's like, well, yeah, every year you're sober, you get a little more time. Like you get another second of time to like assess what's going on instead of reacting immediately and judging you know like mm-hmm. that's maybe that's what you're doing, you're doing yeah pa- and not the post-acute withdrawal syndrome I'm talking about p-a-u-s-e not p-a-w-s what is that's a bitch because it's never heard of post-acute withdrawal syndrome no tell me fuck i had that man even two years into it just just basically it's like fancy talk for being a fucking pain in the ass in later sobriety like <laughs> After 18 months, 20, 24 months, like even after two years, I was still having like emotional fallout from not drinking and shit and like ang- lots of anxiety, lots of weirdness, you know? I had like, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It had a name. I looked everything up, man. I like the internet was my friend. Did you ever do those a- uh, those alcoholic tests when no, you were drinking? but we should. Like the 10 questions, am I an alcoholic? And then I would answer and I would, I'd only get like, I'd only answer no to one and I'd be like, well, I answered no to one, so... I'm, I'm not fine. that bad. Yeah, all nine the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. I'd have a. I'd put. I probably have a couple more questions I have to add. Be like, so right. what, <laughs> what about this? I'll send you a link to the ten questions. It's 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 on the you know it's on the mm-hmm. website on the AA which I you know it's on their website. I'm just saying that as a resource. It's, right, right, it's a test right. You take. I'm not um, telling anybody to go there, nor do I uh, endorse mm-mm. it. Press radio or film. I don't do that shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely, that's true because I remember that those, you you said 18 months into it and I was definitely like, I felt like a sore, I felt, I just felt kind of swollen and tender. I felt like I had a splinter in me, you know, and it kind of is like swollen up around this splinter and I couldn't get the splinter out and then fucking the pus is coming around the splinter. And, Uh and so I remember that for sure. That was like, and there was a whole period where I was like. I was done with it. I was like, I don't need anybody or anything else. I just need to take a fucking break and not right. have to get up in the morning and do this stuff. And I became hugely resentful to the people and the things that had helped me for a year and a half. Yeah. So that's a trip. Yeah. It was yes, about that this, time It too. says here that, the, yeah, uh, it's after the physical withdrawal, but it can last for up to two years, and it's the psychological withdrawal. So it says uh, the symptoms are mood swings, anxiety, irritability, tiredness, variable energy, low enthusiasm, variable concentration, and disturbed sleep, which all of them wow. dinged off for me. Yeah. That's... Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And that's that's from the, the psychological um, – that's healing psychologically. You know, mm-hmm. from uh, the blast went off, you're fixed, but you still got all that shit going on in your brain that's just trying to cope. It's full of bats. Your brain yeah. is full of bats. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dust out the belfry. Yeah. What is a belfry? Okay. Is that the like the bell tower? It's where the bell lives, yeah, with his family. <laughs> the the bell? Jingle bells. <laughs> um. But yeah, man, that's 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 the one thing that I've found is just that reaction time is really is gotten quicker. I think that's and just I really from appreciate that mindfulness and learning to be in the moment. I think that's what you're. I mean, I I, yeah. I don't know. This is just in my observations of knowing you as a friend over the years. I've noticed that you have become a lot more mindful, and you do live in the moment a little more. And there's a lot less worry about what is and what was, and a lot more like, well, I'm here right now in the middle of past and 
future so fuck it you know yeah i feel that way sometimes but then yeah i don't know sometimes i don't but (laughs) hey that's life nobody's perfect right i'm still i'm still can be a judgmental motherfucker like when he gets when he gets crowded in the whole foods man like yeah Yeah, you should see me in a car trying to drive to work i'm like for real like you make babies what the fuck yeah traffic traffic is i avoid every minivan on the road Mm -hmm. that's still that's a judgment i need to fix i'm scared of minivans because usually that people are driving wild as fuck because they're trying to hit a kid in the back seat or (laughs) yeah put on the frozen soundtrack i don't know Mm mm-hmm no I try. To I try to take a, a deep breath. I mean, when I'm when I'm having those moments, man, I take a deep breath and I try to realize that probably everybody else is just trying to get through this shit the same as I am. Absolutely. Like I don't think any. Mm-hmm. Like that's I, a that's, great way of looking at it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I that try. I it try. Is. Yeah. It's uh, you know, because we're all nobody. There's nobody in the grocery store. There's nobody on the fucking road that knows who I am. These people don't right. know who I am. They're mm-hmm. disin. They're they're absolutely not even. They're disinterested in my motivations, in my yeah. interests, in what I have to tackle during the day. They have their own, their whole entire other lives. They got they their have, own shit going on, yeah. Dude, they, they got they their gotta own They got to get problems. that halo top too, man. They got to get the halo top. Maybe they didn't get their hair braided right. You know, who knows Probably. what, who knows yeah. what went wrong with their day. And so I love that. That's my set off on Saturdays. <laughs> I didn't get my hair braided right. That's like a, not a fucking problem. That's a non-problem. <laughs> well, and it's because you see like that. A, I do see it, and I feel ridiculous even. Not even because I'm getting my hair braided, because whatever, I'm, my hair's growing long. I think it looks mm-hmm. cool. It's more that I'm like, this thing didn't, this stupid thing didn't happen correctly, and yeah. And, and the grand scheme of things, like, man, I'm glad that that was my worst problem that Saturday. I'm like so fucking grateful, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure we were gonna talk about the movie Judgment Night from 1993 with Emilio Estevez so... and uh, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Jeremy Piven was in that? Yeah, he's in it because I looked up Judgment Night just for that joke <laughs> on my phone. Um, <laughs> Never gave me a chance to get to it. Who else? Oh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. That was great. Uh, it, and I, I had the soundtrack. Steven Dorff. Oh, boy. Who's Steven fucking killing Dorf. it on True Detective. I mean, I know this isn't that kind of show, but killing it on True Detective. Is that a new one? New season? Oh, yeah. He's great, man. Yeah, him and uh, Mahershala Ali, I think is his mm-hmm. name. Yeah, that dude used to be a rapper in the '90s. I had I had one of his um, his albums. He was a brother Ali. Not the brother Ali. Not the one I'm thinking of. No, uh, uh-uh. is it brother Ali? Now I gotta look it up, dude. But yeah, uh, th- this podcast is turning into Ju- um, some some strange reviews. But yeah, I know. Anyway, I thought we were gonna talk about uh, Judgment Night. No, that's a different brother Ali. You're right, uh, Maher. Um, anyway we we don't gotta worry about it <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about that next time yeah maybe we will maybe i'll forget entirely i don't know we'll be in Arizona. what about your shirt jerry what about this shirt Yo, that nobody you found? can see this shirt it's a foil lined uh prince ali that's what his name was anyway it's a foil printed Yo MTV rap shirt that my uh, friend of mine bought me in 2008 that I just found in a pile of clothes in my wife's office. And so I wore it for this podcast. It's got a chain. I'm aware, like you said, I'm aware of the blazer. It's I'm gonna take... bright gold. It's a giant, what looks like a giant watch. 
um, with gold going up behind, not like up around the neck area, like something oh, yeah. that Flavor Flav would wear. I should have Megan take a picture of me. I'll put it on my And then Instagram. it says Yo MTV, Yo MTV Raps on raps. it. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I mean, if if you're wearing that, you, this is not a person who's worried about judgment at all. Not at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm going to take this is my finest shirt. I'm like, yo, baby, I'll go to Red Lobster tonight and get some cheese biscuits. We gonna fuck. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't say that at all. No, I would. I no. Not, but when I wear this shirt, I feel like saying it though. So I think the shirts sure? like imbued me, imbued, imbued me with some Im- powers. Well, I think yeah, if anyway. you're out there, if you're listening, yeah. be yourself, do your thing. Yeah. Don't spread judgment. Don't spread judgment. Take it easy cool. on yourself. Take it easy on yourself first and foremost. Take it easy on yourself, and you'll find that it'll be easier to take it easy on others. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>